Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Current Blue Podcast. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined by my colleagues Matt Kendrick and James Rushton. How are you both this afternoon? Lovely Sunday afternoon. Let Matt go first. Looks happy. <laughs> <laughs> my face like is hard. Draw, I look like a fat, miserable boiled egg. Um, <laughs> I would put on, on Facebook that it's kind of a game of two halves and usually uh, kind of associate that with played poorly for one half and better than the other and managed to get yourself a result. Villa did all that besides getting the result. They've still lost the game, but an improvement in the second half. But that's just because the first half was so terrible. Yeah, it was just a boring performance. And I think most Villa fans expected that it would be a bit hard to do without Jack Grealish, without Matty Cash. I mean, the news, it was rumoured, wasn't it, that Jack Grealish wouldn't play. Wasn't in the lineup today, obviously. I expected a flatter performance, but that first half was really, really bad. I think a few players went missing. Um, not going to make it a Ross Barkley show again. But he had a really poor, poor game entirely. Pretty much defined by a really bad first half from Villa as well. So, uh, yeah, glad we picked up. And it eventually, overall, better than I expected. Still a shame, though, isn't it? That we can't make a result out of that. Yeah, I thought we'd it'd go on to be an embarrassing four or five nil. To be honest, mm-hmm. the way the first half was going, so the fact it's only, only a two one is is some consolation. But to be fair, if, you know, we Villa weren't miles away from from scraping a draw at the end. There, we've talked a lot about. Um, I mean, that Mings header right at the end. To be fair, should have probably been on target. But we we talked a lot about Dean Smith and his tactical nails and his game management and things like this. I thought the substitutions that he made were the, were the right ones. Staying, we looked better in that second half and after those subs as well. So. I think we were were running Leicester close towards the end of that and maybe another 10, 15 minutes or so we might be able to, to break them down. But we didn't and, and, and that's an, another defeat for Villa. But overall, not massively disappointed just because we have shown that we've we've improved in that second half. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I, I think so. Go I ahead, am Matt. Pretty, I am pretty disappointed. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair I enough. Thought, listen, Leicester, Leicester are a really good team and they've got some really good players, but I just I don't think we got near them for half an hour. And by then, it was, yeah, your first half was awful. Yeah, first half was ridiculous. Too late. But games last for for ninety minutes, Dan, and you've got to you've got to be more competitive than that. And yeah, we knew Jack, we knew Jack Grealish wasn't going to be there. So who else is there? Who who else is on that pitch? Who's actually tried to go out of the way to to influence the game? You know, Villa was so predictable for for much of it. I don't know. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be too too harsh because we know that Grealish makes Villa makes Villa tick. But you know. Barkley, Barkley's off it again. Uh, it's it's not a Dean Smith thing for me to carry people. Mm. You know, play, you pick players on form. You know, I know Marvellous McCamber's not going to come in and play Ross Barkley's role. But, you know, what kind of message does that send out when he plays, the couple of times that he plays, he plays well, can't get a look in the next, next week. And like James says, we don't want to dig out Ross Barkley because there's, 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 there's a lot of players, not necessarily today either, I don't want to get too... Too K 
carried away by, by Villa losing to Leicester. But there's a lot of players who aren't quite at it, but are still getting in the team again. And maybe that is because Villa don't have a, you know, they've got a top eight team at the moment, but haven't got a top eight squad. And maybe that is the case that, that Dean Smith still goes to, to the tried and trusted. But um, I just, I don't know, it just left me left me really frustrated. But what, what I will say on the flip side is, what you you guys have said, it could have. I thought we're going for a similar story to last year at Villa Park when they battered us four one in the end, did they? No. Um, so the fact that Villa have had enough about them to come out and, and pull something back early on in the second half, I thought that was an opportunity missed. Though I thought once Villa got that that goal back, they probably could have had another strong ten or fifteen minutes to to really kind of test Leicester. I don't think that came. I think Leicester got over. You know. Actually, has Casper Schmeichel let go of Ollie Watkins yet? Yeah, I think by the time by the time he finally let go of him, Leicester just were able to compose themselves and and make all the running again. Um, but yeah, so perhaps, um, um, you know we we we, <laughs> we ever flow here, don't we? We take it in terms of who could be the negative one, who could be the positive one, and all that kind of thing, and we rotate those positions. Perhaps I've been miserable old Matt today, but I just thought we could have been. Almost sent out a message of intent. We're not a one-man team with Jack Grealish. We can come and still make the running against you. Uh, but before we decided to wake up, we were two, two goals down, albeit to a very good Leicester City team. Yeah, we'll talk about Grealish in a second. I was just, I was, I'm, I've got, I've got you here and the comments on this side of the screen. I'm kind of looking at both and frowning at a couple of comments that just came in saying, stop defending Barkley, a couple of people said. I don't think we've been defending Ross Barker at any point on this podcast, especially in the last few episodes in particular. We've talked about him not being anywhere near it. I think the most frustrating part is that he just doesn't look like he's interested to me. That's the yeah. thing. He I doesn't think... look, he doesn't press. I don't. I know that's not particularly his game and people argue that's not his role to, to press from the front, but it's a team game if that's the way we want to play. And you've got Ollie Watkins chasing every ball. Ross Barker has to do the same, whether that's his style or not. He's on loan at Villa and he has to do what he's told effectively. I'm also sick of him sulking off every time he comes off the pitch, to be honest. It took him about 10 minutes to get back to the dugout from the other half, the other side of the pitch, which I don't know, I just don't like it. I've, I've really changed my opinion on Barkley since he came. At first, I'm thinking, yeah, pay whatever. And now I'm thinking, get out of the side, basically, because Jacob Ramsey comes on at 19 or however old he is and looks like he's willing to put in a shift. And that makes Villa play differently. So whether Ross Barkley is more talented a footballer is not really up for debate because you've got to work hard to be in this Dean Smith team and, and Barkley doesn't do that. Yeah, I yeah, think there's a place I think there's a place that you can occupy between, you know, not being an apologist for Ross Barkley and not inviting a massive pile on of Ross yeah, Barkley. Yeah, of course. I think we I think we've we've occupied that place. Do I think he is okay, I forgot the position where I start asking myself rhetorical questions. Do I do I think he should be in the team next week against Leeds? No, I don't I don't think he's done enough, but equally I don't think that we can solely dig out Ross Barkley. Agreed. Um Agreed. Douglas Louise, who's who's been fantastic for the most part, has, has been poor for the last few weeks as well, or the last couple of months even, to be honest. And after he went off with um Barkley and it's uh Sanson and Ramsey coming in, we look better. So I don't know whether it's as simple as you just go, we'll start them next game, we'll be better, because I don't see Smith changing two of, two of his midfield, especially with Grealish potentially being out, we don't know at this point, but you would assume so. I don't see us making that many changes, and it'll probably be the same 11 again, but you look at that and think, well, if you play the same 11, you'll get the same result. Yeah, I a really strange theory, I'll let you speak in a minute, James, I promise. You. Do, you, do you think, almost subliminally or subconsciously, the starting midfielders... Now that Conor Harahan has gone out on loan, know that there probably aren't going to be people starting ahead of them. Well, that's what Sanson's for then, isn't it? 
We signed him in the summer and he's yeah. played 10 minutes a game and I know he's got to get used to the league and fitness and blah, blah, blah. But he comes on and looks sharp and you're looking at Barker thinking, well, I don't know how he's getting in the team ahead of Sanson at the minute. So you can talk I about how... Quick, will it? I think, I think, I think that, that, that'll be the obvious change next week because yeah. Smith's, Smith's no mug. He can't persevere. You know, if, 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 if as we expect, Jack Grealish is going to be out for a short while, then, you know, Smith knows that this team albeit the, the start they've made to this season, aren't good enough to carry people who are performing kind of four or five or six out of ten each week. You can't do it. Oh. It, 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 sets, it sends the wrong message. Yeah, I think the thing with Ross Barkley is, for me, he, he could be Villa's highest paid player on a loan deal. And I know money and wages doesn't equate to on-pitch performance because we've seen teams like Villa chuck money away at uh, highly paid players. But for the money he's on, he must be. he has to set the bar for the performances, even over Jack Grealish, even over the captain, he's come in. He's a player tipped for the elite. He hasn't really kicked on. There's been criticism. He's come here to prove himself. Something ain't going right at all. Uh, he started out like that when we first came in. Yeah. Like, oh, fair play to him. He looks like he's going to really revolutionise what Villa can can do in the midfield. And he's a massive upgrade on everyone else who was already there. That's I think that's what's the, the frustrating part is that he's nowhere near the standard he set for himself when he scored on his debut against Liverpool and you know such a, a fantastic win. Pretty sure that was his debut. Um, He's looked nowhere near that now, and everyone's going to oh, get him out of the side, drive him back to Chelsea, and it's just such yeah. a polar opposite to what we what we were seeing. Um, I think, uh, regardless of his, his wage or whatever he's earning, it's his standard that he should set for himself. Yeah. These targets were what to get into, into the Euros. Well, his target was to get into the Euros. But I'm saying, what come and play for Villa? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a fitness it's thing. Got injured, didn't he? Surely, you know, he's got a, he's got a fairly fairly impressive well, of experience and quality. Is it attitude? Is it fitness? Yeah. Is it's it a combination approach? I th- well, I was going to make an argument for fitness, and then I was talking about that when he did get back fit, Villa's training ground was closed due to COVID. So that's obviously not helped his, his recovering and stuff like that. And obviously, he's had um, injury issues in the past. But I think it's attitude. I think attitude plays a part. Just, just generally not being with it and being a bit disgruntled, and just the way he acts when he gets substituted and things like that. It just doesn't look like he's willing to to put that shift and put that fight in. And when you're being rewarded with starting every game and pretty much everyone but Dean Smith is saying that he shouldn't be, you kind of be looking at that, looking at that going, well, put some effort in, mate, and you'll get a bit of uh, get a bit more leeway when you don't when you don't play well. It's been a, a run of games now where Barker's been nowhere near it and everyone else should be saying that that's it. You've had your chance. Put put someone else back in there. Yeah, we've, we've fillers of two midfielders. If they have a six out of ten... It's not because they haven't run themselves into the ground as well, which is genuinely one of the most frustrating things. I think what you can say about the Dean Smith team is that at least it looks like there is effort being applied. And you know, I don't know because you're not in Ross Barkley's head. I'm not that. I'm not the guy himself. I don't know him, so I don't know if I can criticise that. But taking ages to come off the pitch, begin sprinting to get a, a useless throw in, and Barkley strolling towards it. There is a. Yeah a difference in the application from the eye test. I don't know if that is actually the case, you know, again, not knowing the guy, but it fails the eye test for fans. It's the most basic thing. And it's why people loved average, bang average players like Alan Horton, because it looks like they're trying, even if their effort is poor. And that's not the same with Ross Barkley. I don't understand why he'd come and toss it off though. You know, he's got this kind of, this carrot of trying to get into the England squad of, 
been part of either kind of forcing the hand of the new Chelsea manager now or of yeah. convincing Aston Villa to part with some cash to join a club that's going places. Why? And listen, I'm not, like I say, I'm no kind of amateur or yeah. expert psychologist, but why would you do that? It can't be, is it a big, is it a big time thing? Is he really that big time that you think there's that much difference between Chelsea's reserves and Aston Villa's first team? I don't get it. I don't get what's, what's not quite happening. Whether it's frustration with himself, but if it is, as a senior pro, you should be able to channel that into working on your weaknesses and getting better. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just it's a bit of a mystery for me because the Ross Barkley that we saw glimpses of, you know, when Villa were let's heart back to it for you know, we, we might as well live up down out on it forever. When Villa were battering Liverpool, that's not a rock that it's it's not inhabiting the same body now. Yeah. It's it's frustrating the hell out of me. So you know, he must frustrate the hell out of the player himself. Differences, he can do something about it. We can't. But I suppose every person is different, isn't it, and how they handle that pressure. If he, if his reaction to him knowing that he's not good enough kind of puts him further into a hole that he can't perform to a better standard, he's never going to be able to get out of that rut. So that is then the manager and the coach's job to take him out of the firing line to play somebody else because he's not going to play himself back into form. I didn't want to. I didn't really want this yeah. to be a Ross Barkley. No, and we've talked about him pretty much every episode for the last three or four weeks. I want to talk about some of the other players that aren't up to scratch, scratch either. Before we, before we do, he's not the um, only one. Before we do, I think Smith's been quoted saying Grealish could, could have a chance of playing next week against Leeds. Now, you know, I don't know. It's very much a kind of, you know, it's a, it's a kind of, I don't know, eat out to help out kind of, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> kind of way looking at things isn't it you know we've we've seen these kind of oh yeah he's only got a slight knock develop into you know turning up with with legs in both plaster and you know wrapped up like a mummy so um i don't know i don't know what what what, what's your thoughts on a the jack really injury mystery that's rumbled since friday lunchtime and Mm. and b how much we missed him today well i'll I'll let you go in a sec james i'm not a massive I'm not massively bothered about you know Villa not disclosing the injury before the before the game. I don't Villa don't have to say anything. Whatever extent of the injury is a different thing because like we said we've been here before where you you told oh we're back a couple of weeks it's just a knock and then like you say it develops into two or three months away um, with other players as well. That's what I don't really like because if it is a serious ish injury and it's a month which I would class well obviously it's not serious but you know what I mean it's missing three four five games that's very much a different thing to him coming out and saying oh well he might be back for next week because that's a lie isn't it essentially because the medical team won't won't be saying next week so don't come out and undersell it um, I don't see him back against Leeds Villa will just say oh it's a precaution he's, yeah, we'll give him another week we'll give him another week we'll give him another week and before you know it we're at the end of the season and he's missed two months um, as for missing him today obviously you're always going to miss Jack Grealish but I don't think that was really the problem to be honest I think the problem was that the midfield just couldn't get a control of the game and, and Leicester's tactics were better than ours effectively for that first half and the damage was done at half time and as much as Villa were better in the second half probably were never going to get back into it yeah, the greedish thing. Um, it, it seemed like the, the time we were missing him was was the last ten minutes when it was just shut down for Leicester. You needed that player with the X factor to kind of just tear him apart and and get Villa at that point. Um, without a player like Grealish, and especially you know the guy we spoke about so much, Ross. But if he's not stepping up, who is? And you know, there's a call for rotation. It's going to be enforced now because Jack Grealish isn't going to be the first Villa touch wood. For, he's not going to be the first Villa start to get injured. 
over the course mm. of the season. This midfield isn't rotating. There's gonna be there's gonna be unfortunate injuries. So someone's got to step up. Absolutely. From the whether it's Sanson getting an actual start for once, whether it's JJ uh, Jacob Ramsey starting another game, whether it's you know someone rotating in for McGinn or Louise, something's got to change because. You know, Villa have been forced into changes now, and they they didn't even happen at the situation when they were forced to. Don't know what you think, Matt. I just think the um, Grealish thing. I just think the the mind games from Smith are fascinating. You know, in, in, we never we never have these kind of secrets, do we? When when it's Courtney Hawes, you know, <laughs> it's just really. And listen, don't blame him. You, you use these things to, to your advantage. And, you know, the fact that, that Leicester kind of still effectively lined up to try and stop Jack Grealish down, down that wing, uh, not that it affected their kind of readjusted game plan um, mm. too much. But to me, it's it's more fuel to the fire, it's more ammunition for people, the critics who say Aston Villa are a one-man team. Um, and to me, again, suddenly became, becoming Mr Doom and Gloom, it's... <laughs> Villa need to find another way of playing without Jack Grealish. I'm not saying that Jack Grealish is going to disappear next summer or whatever, but there will be times where he'll get he'll have suspensions, and we know that he never completes a full season. And you know, and that's not a criticism of the, of the guy because, to be honest, I'm amazed he plays and starts as many games as he does. The batterings that he, he takes from defenders, um, but you know that that's that's up for the you know what 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 we've said previously when Villa have had injuries this season is we've praised the likes of Nakamba when he stepped in and El Ghazi and Trezeguet and when when Smith has had to rotate because of injuries we've praised them for stepping up but so the squad players invariably have stepped up but now we've got starters who aren't stepping up and that's that's the the frustrating thing from me that you know set the standards now a lot of these players have set the standards and almost kind of, you know, convinced us, you know, kind of tempted us into the fact that Villa can be a team that's pushing for Europe. Now, if Villa are going to be a team that's pushing for Europe, those players have got to be players who can push for Europe mm. every single week. And that's the that's the frustrating thing from me, that when those players' standards are slipping, either Smith's not recognising them, you know, hooking them off and get, giving other people the chance or they're not recognising it and doing absolutely everything that they can to turn these kind of four and fives into into the sevens, eights and nines that this Villa team needs if they're going to be competing in the higher echelons. The mm. thing about that is the really, really interesting thing about stepping up is think the Duncan Alexander, is it Oily Sailor on Twitter and he comes out with the, the mad stats. He had a really interesting one today I was thinking about, and it was the fact that in 99, the classic Man United lineup only started once together in the league. And in the Arsenal Invincible season, the classic lineup that everyone picks out, that the perfect Arsenal 11, only started twice together in the league. There was rotation, plenty of rotation, second stringers and third stringers stepping up to supplement it. So Villa, if Villa have got a serious, uh, not a serious issue, but Villa have an issue if your starting players aren't stepping up because you know you're not you're gonna have to rely on people who aren't even being picked to step up. They're not even gonna get the chance to step up if there's none of this rotation in the first place. Mm. Well, let's let's talk about one of those players who's had to kind of step up because Matty Cash was missing today. And is it Ahmed? Is it Ahmed? Um, anyway, Elmo's Elmo's started today, and to be fair to him, I think he's performed a bit like the kind of player that that he is. In, I don't. Well, am I being fair to him? 
he's he's performed like a kind of thirty-three-year-old. How old he is? A rusty squad player, a rusty squad player who's yeah. in the winter is winter of his career. Uh, are probably not going to play that many more Premier League games in future. Um, up against oh, Harley Barnes. <laughs> oh, up yeah. against Harley Barnes. Yeah, I actually didn't think he was that bad. Am I alone in thinking that? I think Barnes had the measure of him for sure, but he's, Barnes is a very good player and Elmo's a 33-year-old squad player. Like you just said, he's never been known for his pace, has he, Elmo? And Harley Barnes is, so you don't look at that on paper and think he'd win that battle. I think the point fans will probably make is why is Gilbert playing in the French League now we need a backup right back but difference between Gilbert and Elmo for me as a yeah, backup player I think Harvey Barnes would have given Gilbert a bit of a bit of a game. Not, I think not not pace. game I think Elmo's not going to be here in the long term is he Gilbert possibly is you'd expect Gilbert will go and develop in the next few months on loan playing regular football Gil, uh, Elmo stays with Villa to be back up in the event that Matty Cash gets injured and that's exactly what's happened he'll have to play the next four or five games and hopefully does enough of a steady job in a decent defence and with a decent goalkeeper behind him and we don't really notice too much of how Elmo defends. Going forward, he's fine. His crosses are, are all right. So I don't think he was terrible. No, not not, not like... He's not like he's not he dropped the bomb at all. Yeah, you can go, oh, Elmo's coming in. Oh, that's ruined it. We're going to lose because of that. That's not the reason. Yeah. He's not been great, but... Sal Mohamedy, what, what, what do we expect? Yeah, pretty much lost because we weren't at the races when when Leicester were we you know played too lightly with them in the first half it was within 10 15 minutes that they scored two goals against complete like it's again like the Villa sucker punch and there's no answer for that and then when they've got the option to bring in one defensive midfielder two defensive midfielders three defensive midfielders lock the complete game down Villa don't have an answer for that without Jack Grealish and that's going to be the big question going forward again um, it'll be less about what is Ross Barkley doing wrong and more how can Villa actually function without Jack Grealish and there, there are signs of it Leicester were forced to sit back Leicester was sitting back and giving the game away because they had a really comfy one of the comfiest 2-1 leads going because we couldn't break them down but still some some glimpses of positive signs even without our best player it's just when the X factor is needed the question is going to be who is going to bring it if not Ross Barkler yeah I mean I, I questioned today and I think I put this on Twitter, and I do acknowledge that Villa got battered 4-1 at home in front of a Pat Villa Park last, last season, but I do question whether a full Villa Park would have given given the team yeah. a little bit of lift intensity-wise today. And having scored from their only real meaningful opportunity up, up to that point, you do wonder why, you know, the likes of... I mean, I think McGinn's gambled at the near post for that, you know, Troy's come around the back and, and got into the box. Why is that not happening? Why is that not not happening more and more? And I thought Watkins was probably one of the, the the brighter lights today. I thought he did he did what he could with with limited support around him. Um, but to me, it was a Villa team that didn't didn't quite believe in what they were doing mm. today, and didn't have that man to lean on who who gives them that belief. Um, and that was that was a little bit disappointing because. Notwithstanding how crap we were against Brighton last week, there should still be enough confidence in that squad and in, in each other to, to be a little bit more on the front foot than they were today. And I thought it was a, a team that played within themselves, um, not frightened, but not quite believing that they had enough to go and win the game. Yeah, I don't really know what the solutions for, for problems like this are either because you know, you've got fans in the comments saying that Kessler should come in and have a chance at right back and Ramsey should start against Leeds and you know, Ollie Watkins gets injured or whatever and Louis Barry steps in. And, you know, I'll just look at that and think, well, they're kids learning the game. They're, they're not going to come in and make a massive difference for Villa in the Premier League, as good as they might be. 
so you can throw them. I don't think you throw all of them in. I think you throw, throw yeah, one. I mean, the, the kid at left back for for Leicester has been given a chance and and has taken it. Um, yeah, he was fantastic, actually, wasn't he? Um, some of the blocks he put on Trevor were like, it's like he's a regular starter. Yeah. So listen, it's always the way, isn't it? We spoke about this before. The solution is always, you know, the one who's not playing. There's, there's, there's always kind of unsung heroes on the bench. Um, I, it, regardless of who comes in, it's got to be mixed up a little bit. Um, I don't. We've got lead leads next. I mean, let, let's just let's just assume that that Dean Smith's giving it giving it to us straight and that Jack Grealish has got a chance of, of playing in that game. If Grealish plays, what changes do we do we need to make? Is it is it as simple as Ramsey for Barkley? Um, you know, do we think that that Elmo can can have the energy against a, a, a Leeds team that that's relentless with the way mm. that they they press and break, or do we think you know is it one step too far to th- to throw one you know Kessler in there? I mean, it's quite you know I know he's, he's played um, in the cup tie, but it's 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 quite a thing to throw him into a Premier League game. You know, exactly. I think I think a lot of managers will tell you it's easier to in- integrate kind of midfielders and attacking players uh, at that age than it is a young defender. Um, Gareth Barry might tell you differently. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Or do we? How do you trust the, the the same team to go to the well again and see what they can produce? I don't think you play the same team again, but I don't know what changes you'd make. I don't think you'd throw Ramsey in there. I think Sanson probably is the obvious answer to try and help the midfield. Camber even potentially, but is that a little bit too defensive perhaps? Um, I can't I've just seen it. Do you remember one of the previous episodes we did? Someone was like, oh, drop Grealish and he needs a rest and see how we <laughs> do without him. I think we know how we'll do without him now. Um, yeah, I don't know what the changes are. I, I wouldn't be chucking Kester in. I'd just say I almost got five or six games. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Oh, with, with Kessler, um, what, Kessler Hayden, what's really interesting is in, in the under-23s games, he does look like the player that's a cut above. He, he looks like, ever since that Liverpool FA Cup game, he smashed it there, to be fair. He looks like he's kind of, even at a very young age, really kind of outgrowing that step. So, not a start, but maybe there should be minutes for him. I know we've only got three, three changes to make and we're forcing to make, you know, to fix the uh, midfield at the moment. But I don't see why... Um, we should be so scared of a, a player like maybe Chukameka. It might be too early for someone like Chukameka and even Louis Barrier in some extent. But Kesler Hayden, when I've seen him in the under twenty three games, really looks like he's smashing it to pieces. So I, I think there should be minutes on the on the table for him. To be fair, what what I would say is that Villa are in a position now where they can experiment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. You know, and I would be disappointed if Villa don't finish in the in the top ten now, and I still think we will, but. You're not throwing these people into a relegation battle. You're throwing yeah. them into a team that, that, that should have confidence. I know it has, it, that's been knocked recently, but if you're going to experiment, do it when you, you've almost got your kind of your points on the board. Um, the, you know, the, the first objective this season was to, to stay safe again. I know Villa haven't quite secured that yet, but they but they will do. So, like I said, if you're going to do it now, if you're going to do it at any time, do it now. Yeah. If it doesn't work, change it. We'll come on to our kind of expectations for the rest of the season in a second. Just back on team news very quickly. I think I'd be more comfortable with Elmo for the next few games if Trezeguet was playing in front of him as well, which I was about to say just before. But then El Ghazi, I'm not massively bothered about. That means putting Traor on the left-hand side if Grealish is out. It's not really his game, is it, to be on the left-hand side because he always wants to be on the right and cutting in. But I just feel a little bit more comfortable with that Trezeguet-Elmo combination working together um, to just try to track back and help because target is... 
a stronger fullback than Elmo. So have Trezeguet on the right-hand side. I don't know whether that would help. There's people in the comments saying that Ramsey's ready for a start, which I agree with. I think he's yeah. a good, a very good player. I just don't know whether you just throw him in straight away because Barkley's not playing when you've signed 15 million cents on as your starting kind of first substitute. Um, I think it makes more sense that he would come in. There's no reason why you don't play both, to be, to be fair, but I don't see Smith making that many changes. changes. Um, I just wanted to end with a, a point from, from Jamie Gray on Twitter. He said, the honest reality is that we're a million miles better than last season, but we're not quite as good as a lot of the fans seem to think we are. I think we're an eighth to tenth place team, which is brilliant progress, but some, th- some fans think we're top six. We're not, but we will get there. Is there a point when we kind of write off our European dreams? Me and James spoke about this on a, a little live podcast we did uh, in the week that it's probably time to go and Villa aren't quite good enough to finish sixth when you go and see West Ham beating Spurs today and, and getting into the top four. I think they are now. They'd probably be the ones that, that upset the regular regular spots rather than Villa would from this position. But you never know. Is it just safe to assume now that Villa are probably going to finish somewhere between seventh and maybe twelfth and the rest of the season is experimentation and kind of planning for next year or is that silly to write it off just yet? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off. What I would say is maybe keep your expectations fairly low. Um but your hopes still up high, like you should still be thinking what we can achieve, but we shouldn't be ruthlessly writing off the manager, the squad, but considering pretty much the goal of the season to progress to get better hmm. when when you listen to all the the pre the you know the preseason interviews what everyone might get that extra half a point a game over the course of a season get this get that to interview Jack Grealish on Tuesday better than, season is better than anyone's expectations even the players Villa have done their job they have done way better wow 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 better than last season and that's the trouble is in the mindset do they step off now or do they keep pushing on but like Matt said chance now for experimentation, chance now to throw your cards on the table and see what you can get out of these games when everything's running away from you. So maybe my expectations would be, yeah, 7 to 12, but I'm still hoping for Europe, absolutely. I don't think you can write anything off, can you? I mean, how many games games are left? Just looking at the the table. So there's 15 games left. And it's it's typical Villa. It's typical Villa. Lull us into expecting the earth and then give us, give us, ammunition to moan when you, you fall below those high standards. <laughs> if Villa hadn't have set those high standards for most of the season so far, we'd have just thought, oh, well, you know, it's Leicester, Leicester <laughs> yeah. up, near, up near the top. But it's because we know that know that they can do better. And we know that the, this, there's lots of those players who aren't living up to, to what we know that they're capable of. Lots might be a bit harsh. There's a handful of those players who aren't living up to, to what we know they're, they're capable of. And you can forgive people an off week here and there, but can you forgive people an off month when we know that we've got people who are kind of chomping at the bit on the bench to come in and and do their bit? Um, I still think, you know, I think that at the start of this season, I'd probably tip Villa to finish 16th or something like that. Halfway through the season, I'd probably tip Villa to, to finish in the top eight when I was get, getting carried away. I'd settle for a compromise now that Villa finishing anywhere in the top 10. Um, yeah. I think that would be amazing progress. I think that can happen even without Villa regularly hitting the heights of, of what they've done so far this season, just being a little bit better yeah. um, than they were today and then they, they were last week. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, if you put Go it on. this way, Matt, if you put it this way, look at the teams Villa are above, Wolves, Southampton, Tottenham, Arsenal. 
Burnley and Newcastle. So if we're this kind, not sad or gutted or annoyed with the team, if we're feeling like this kind of not, dis- I don't know what the correct word is, just a little bit unhappy with recent forms and performances. Imagine what they're feeling. We've got a game in hand on them too, in the case of Arsenal. So, you know, we're in a really, it doesn't look sunny because of recent form and the, the Brighton game was terrible and this one was annoying as well. <laughs> what must they be thinking? They must have had the world at their feet start come the start of the season. And we're here mm. sitting with a few games in hand, you know, in the top top half of the table. Other teams are really slipping away and have really fell off the, the wagon this year. Yeah, agreed. I think that's probably a pretty decent place to wrap it up there, isn't it? Unless you've got anything I'm, else I'm to add. I had something to say. I interrupted him for once. Mate, I was just about to peter out anyway, so you stopped <laughs> You were, no. you were coming in full stop to my rambling. Yeah, we'll call it a day there. Thanks everyone who joined us live on Facebook and YouTube this afternoon. It's been a, been good to chat and we appreciate all the comments as always. If you're watching this after the fact or listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts, then do leave us a, a review or tweet us at Clark Blue Pod, whatever it is you want to do. Get, in, get involved, engage with us and we'll reply if we can be bothered. Um, that's my own perspective, not anyone else's. Uh, one thing that. I've finally been googling i've found a definitive answer on how long jack grillish is out for bbc are reporting these out for a month and dean smith's reporting that he's going to be back next week so you know harvey double it whatever and <laughs> that, that's three go. months then <laughs> yeah. see what next week's team sheet brings yeah that probably decides wherever they're going to finish if he's out for a period of time then it's maybe top 10 is the uh the best we can do if it's a week or so then maybe well i mean we're it what was it four points off six still uh, yeah. 36. Yeah, I mean, to say let's let's throw Europe away, which yeah might might still be the case. It's only four points away from Liverpool with two games in hand over them. So, you know, if Grealish comes back and and we pick up a bit of form, then, then who knows? But yeah, let's just get out of here before we start to, to start to dream again. Um, thank you very much for for joining us, James and Matt. Thanks to all the fans who watched along live, and uh, we'll catch you again after the next game. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.